we have, before we start the episode today, is a letter, maybe a little that Punko wrote and was asking us to read to our listeners about any potential blowback that we'll get vis a vis his relationship to Gigi Allen. So let me just read through it quickly for us before we get started. Hi, this is Punko Destructo. In an effort for complete transparency, I'd like to acknowledge the relationship between myself, Punko Destructo, Esquire, and Gigi Allen. First, I'd like to confirm that it is in fact true that for a period of time in the mid-80s to mid-90s, I provided financial support for Gigi Allen because I believed in his art. I also repeatedly encouraged him to poop in my mouth. While I understand this revelation may be a point of concern for many dog viewers, especially given today's snowflake cancel culture, (laughs) nevertheless, I implore listeners to keep a few things in mind. One, standards for what punks considered culturally acceptable have changed dramatically over the last 20 years. It wasn't long ago when predatory behavior was considered central to the punk lifestyle. Gigi's extra musical proclivities were good for business. Two, I remain committed to Alan's craft as the embodiment of Schumpeter's notion of creative destruction, by which Alan is a disruptive force that fuels its own growth as destroys the value of Alan's musical competitors. In that light, Alan's story is one of a god who flew too close to the sun. I hope you enjoy this episode, and I truly hope that the next time you dry heave in your mouth, you remember the debt that all punks owe to Gigi Allen. Yours truly, Punko Esquire. Welcome to Docs Till Death, the podcast where old punks are talking about punk documentaries. I'm Jeff Garlock. I'm Pete Zetlin. And I'm uh, Matt Destructo. Wait, wow. what? <laughs> Is this a revelation? <laughs> Sorry, Uncle Punko. I had to let the cat back. <laughs> and I also want to say I apologize to everyone for my raspier voice uh, because we are still punk. I was screaming yesterday. Uh, doing some vocals because you can't stop the punk, just like Gigi Allen. In oh, wasn't that a perfect segue? That was amazing. <laughs> Even though Matt already said the name of the podcast or the episode uh, in I our first. That out. <laughs> but today uh, we are back. This is our second season. We are back in the dock chair, and we wanted to start it off with a. Very important documentary to the world and to at least two of us, but I'm hoping Mm -hmm. to three of us after this. I'm trying to gauge the look on Pete's face to see if we have made that transition. (laughs) But today we are doing the very classic documentary, Hated, the Gigi Allen Story. Todd Phillips, directorial debut. Which is very important, I think, now in thinking about to the story of what is going on in this movie. Um, I, I'm excited. I'm excited, again, mostly for the one person who I'm not sure what exactly their feelings are on this movie. Let me just tell you, to get ready for this episode, <laughs> as we've been sitting here, I've crapped my pants, rubbed it all over my seat, so I'm in... I'm in the character mindset. 
and your butt naked because of a medical condition. Of course. The chafing is too much with clothes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're a very heavy podcaster. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I've just been slicing my chest. Because your chest, your, your skin is like paper. Uh, yeah. you, so, I mean, I guess what we're seeing here is you have turns. <laughs> you, you, you have maybe become a, a true Gigi head. Oh, um, I'm a true Gigi head. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just right away for me, I do want to, uh, get a, get a classic nicest guy in hardcore first impression. Yeah. Pete, what was your gut reaction, first impression of watching Hated for the first time? Because this is a first timer for you. A first reaction, like right off the bat, or as I finished it? Because there was a lot of reactions. Through- oh, I want both. Yeah, I want your like, what did they get me into? First reaction, and then I want your, hmm. These are my. Uh, this is my elevator pitch in a nutshell for my feelings. On this, I will. I will say. Show. So I started it. Watching it in in bed on an iPad, and very so sexy. Ooh, uh, erotic yeah, sexy. kink. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> with so, your wife, was your wife next to so, you? She, <laughs> Got any good that's ideas? A, that's, <laughs> that's a little bit too personal. Uh, she was there. Were you but, tapping on her shoulder halfway through? Just like, honey, <laughs> there was a there was a, a parallel a narrative. <laughs> There, she she was chiming in here and there. Um, was she really watching with you? No. So, but was she, she doing the listen? Listen did. She started, and <laughs> as I mean, it's it's not very far in that the hot dog happens, and she oh, was God, like, no. uh-uh, "I'm out." So she, <laughs> she turned away, um, but she did turn back, which I don't know if she remembered uh, to the the chafing episode where she was like, "That is ridiculous." That makes zero sense. <laughs> and then went back to bed. As uh, a professional, she says that he is yes, ridiculous. Yes. A professional medical. Uh, the hot dog scene was so quick. And I wasn't surprised, but I did feel like I too, had too to quick shield. For you? It was a little bit too quick. There was no sort of like, there was no foreplay there. Um, I was, I felt the need that I had to sort of shield her eyes from it. So I was like, I was a little bit embarrassed. Like, what am I watching here? What, what does she think of me? What am I doing with my life? What have I done with my life? What is punk? Jesus Christ. And while the three of us are all very into kink, uh, I can't lie that it, I felt a little bit sick to my stomach. I'm just like, oh. And then that feeling continued to happen at other moments where much like when I watch a scary movie and I will sort of cover my eyes, which I'm doing right now, but, oh but look through. Nicest guy uh, at hardcore. <laughs> there was moments where I'm like, like what, a is, gonna, what yes. is gonna happen? Like, like, a, a like, like my four-year-old child does. Yep, I get it. Guys, this is a safe space, okay? That's just what I do. <laughs> you're right, you're um, right. We all are friends here. That being said, while it was disgusting at times, uh, I really liked it. I It might have been from what we've watched through season one, which you'll find out. You've already watched them all, so you're here with us in season two. Uh, you are not starting with season two. That would be a wild might, ride. <laughs> this might be the best one we've watched. Wow. I feel like the story is it's concise. Mm-hmm. It makes me want more. Were you psyched which, it was 51 minutes? <laughs> I Well, I was just like, I don't have that much more to get through. But I actually don't feel like there was That's a moment That's the best where sign I, of a movie that you think is the best one we've watched, <laughs> is that while you're watching, you kept thinking, I don't have much more to get through. That's how I watch all film. <laughs> that, that's also 
current narrative with me every time. <laughs> but I do feel as though the story was intriguing. I wanted more, maybe not so much more poop, but, um, but maybe. I thought I thought he did a, a really good job, and it made me want to know more to some degree, like what what was happening. Um, with, with Gigi, I don't, okay. I didn't, I've not really spent much time listening to him. I knew about him. Obviously, he's from New England. Uh, as you know, as a Boston punk, you have to know who Gigi is, of course. Those but are the rules. Those are the rules. Rules are the rules. Um, <laughs> I just, I never paid much attention. I don't know that I need to. But him as a person, like in the same way, Darby Crash intrigued me. Uh, similar, there were certainly some. Uh, overlapping of the two of them i'm sure as we Mm -hmm. talk about this and there was just a there weren't a ton of characters in this movie which i think i liked because i wasn't trying to figure out who the talking heads were but Mm -hmm. each of them were so i don't know characters confusing (laughs) uh terrifying yeah yeah yeah, terrifying is a good word there was a lot going on that just made me sad Mm -hmm. uh but (laughs) yeah so, it was great. I love it. Oh. I do love that your wife was like the second watch. My wife did the same thing, where she well, wasn't watching with me, but would just like was listening while she read, and just like every once in a while, I'd get like, "Seems like this guy's got a lot of issues," and I'm like, "Yep." And then randomly, just like, "So, did you listen to this guy's music?" Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." I just watched it religiously over and over and over again, <laughs> like a crazy person. I, last night, I. I went back just to to kind of take some notes on the end, and she had gone to go eat dinner, and I was like, "I'll meet you in there." I I got a bite, you scum. And yeah. I probably just had like maybe my face was a little bit green, a little bit pale. I'm not sure. And she was like, "How was the movie?" And I was like, "It's best not to talk about it because I was going to eat dinner." And she's yes. like, "Did he eat poop?" And I hadn't said that anything about question? this. Yes, I didn't say anything about it. I'm like, I'm not answering that. I hadn't said yeah. anything about this guy. You were like, she'd obviously Tank. seen the hot dog scene, right? And she's like, and Here, she's have like, some hot dogs and mole sauce. <laughs> she's like, you know what's good right now? I've got a really good recipe for some carrot dogs. I'm going to smear them in some really brown mustard. <laughs> oh my god, Pete! I love it. I'm already excited. <laughs> Matt, I know you have... Did we ever watch this together? I don't think so. It seems like something we would have. I was real. I was like, we might have talked about this on another episode, but it was reminding me of when we went to go see Sick, the Bob Flanagan story yeah. <laughs> documentary, which is another great documentary, but went to go see that in the theater, and the person we went with walked out halfway through because... You know, you it was a very close-up shot of a nail going through a penis, and then he pulls the nail out of the penis, and the blood falls on the camera. And we were with our kind of fairly normal friend. Who did we go with? This woman, Aaron, I believe. Oh, that's right. And she went to go watch some, like, essentially some Merchant Ivory, like, whatever, because we were at the art theater in Boston. Yeah, it was a weird move to invite. I think she didn't know what was going on. I mean, we hardly knew we were going to be watching a guy shove a metal ball up his ass oh, and well, weirdly would, feel for him. Honestly, uh-huh. I, I until you've mentioned that scene, I, I, I now I remember the scene. I remember that. Exp- <laughs> I think I remember her leaving, but she. It was I, right at that. She like didn't even say anything. She just got up 
like it just got up and left and then waited for us to and then we had like another like hour to go um uh but yeah we did i don't think we watched together but it seems like something we would have watched together at some point i don't think so i just just don't think so like because i think i saw it in high school and then i don't think i watched it again until like a few years ago when i was like until the joker was like about to come out and then i was like thinking i just started thinking about like you know phillips's moves you know and 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 his concerns and so like yeah so i that's the only reason i can i'm pretty sure that we didn't watch it together um i'm actually really surprised i don't remember watching i remember now watching sick but i have not i think i've sort of i was able to it's probably a reason you don't need to go to bed that might be a one-time watch i've not seen it but that sounds terrible yes i mean this reminded me of um I did not go to any Lollapaloozas. Matt, I think you did. Jeff, I think you both did. Yes. I don't know if you both went to Jim Rose. Jim Rose Circus yeah, Sideshow. Side I show, didn't right? actually uh, but see this it. felt like that, but probably more. Uh, so you agree with Chick and John? It's a sideshow. No, I think that's the thing is I don't. You and Chick and John are with <laughs> <laughs> eye to I eye. I think it's more than a, a sideshow. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, documentation of mental illness um and uh a a you know the the sad part of punk uh and hardcore in a lot of ways uh and also for me is a big questioner because i'm like well why did i watch it so much like because i did watch it a fair amount in high school um uh, uh a little bit like a car crash uh you know uh but yeah, I, I do also think Todd Phillips being involved both makes it why you think it's such a good movie, Pete, uh, and the same for me, uh, and is interesting thinking about the trajectory of his career mm-hmm. out of that. Um, uh, I mean, should we get – do we have any facts on it? Should we uh, – well, I, I didn't I, – the one thing I just want to say like fact-wise is – was made. You, you mentioned it was made. You know, it was, it was Phillips' first movie. It was his student film he made while he was a junior, mm. right? Um, and it premiered in New. It had a New York premiere. I don't know if that was NYU affiliated or, or you know, like Angelica <laughs> or something. But I would imagine not NYU because I think he's got fucked oh, yeah. after that uh, performance art piece, <laughs> right? Um, but Gigi went to the premiere. And he apparently was like throwing things and like being disruptive, and he and he kind of got out of there before the police got there. But um, the, I think within like a matter of a couple of weeks, maybe even a couple of days, Alan was dead. I think right. it was just so, a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. A couple of days. So, so because they had like yeah. an interview set up, uh, right. and he thought he had seen him, and then he realized he was looking at a dead guy the night before. Well, I think Phil, the next day. Gigi Allen said he appreciated the way he was repre- – for the, mo- the amount of the movie that he saw, though he was throwing stuff at the screen <laughs> right. during the screening. And does Gigi see anything? We're not really sure what yeah. his reality is. Right. And then, and then so – so yeah, like that – I mean there's footage. I think that footage that I sent – if I'm remembering correctly, like the first um, – the DVD release of the, of the, of the movie of Hated – I think that concert footage from Gigi's last show where he has like, he kind of incites a riot. It was on that show. release. It's Definitely. on the release, right? Cause I remember renting the VHS, but then remember the DVD having the extras. And that's why one of the reasons I would like revisit it. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's, yeah, it's a show at the garage, his last show that then of course lasted 12 minutes and not for Palaka reasons. 
right. not because uh, not for Anton Boardman reasons that we're just getting in and getting out. Uh, there were no I lyric sheets reasons. passed out. Yeah. Not for, yes, I wish Gigi passed out lyric sheets because I will say this is like the first time I ever truly because I have to watch things with subtitles on because of my hearing loss. Like, uh, noticed most of what the lyrics are that I would always just kind of glaze over, and I was just like, "Man, these are dumb." Um, just as a whole, just straight up, just dumb lyrics. Uh, Do you think but- he stuck to the lyrics? I'm amazed how much he actually did. I'm like, honestly, watching Gigi perform, I was like, why did Axl Rose, like, need teleprompters? Like, Gigi is, like, vaguely, like, sticking to what he says pretty clear if that's what the, i'm assuming but there's only think 10 just, words in every song right? yeah well sure i was yeah. you know one to that point jeff one thing that surprised me was how on he was to that last show that they do live the new york one mm-hmm. you know he craps on the floor he's running oh around, so you and did watch he, it i mean oh i watched it you said no, no, you no, were gonna watch it no, no, oh in the top i think we found out something here okay <laughs> yeah. no, he means so, the last footage yeah. in the top uh, okay, okay yes okay. yes for the for the listener, Matt also sent through text a longer video of the last show, but which is what I, Matt was talking about. It's on yes. the DVD. It was at the garage, which I'm pretty sure is right around the corner from ABC. No Rio. Like I think, I think every time cool. I'd walk from ABC to go to Kate's joint because that's what you had to do to get a razor blade uh, turkey club sandwich. I would cut my fucking mouth up every time. <laughs> and buffalo wings that were like okay, uh, but we all needed to go there. You'd walk. You needed past, a southern fried steak. You, made you a didn't need that southern fried steak. Um, uh, shout out to Luke Boyle. Uh, friends <laughs> reminded me that in college. Uh, all of our friends in college, uh, I forced him to eat a chicken fried steak in front of me at a Chili's in Harvard Square because I what? didn't understand what a chicken fried steak was. <laughs> and oh, we were goodness. vegetarian. He wasn't. And then he re- reminded me, I think maybe even on the Doc Still Death Insta, that he just had terrible <laughs> yes, burps sitting on our porch that whole I night. I that. And I, I apologize that. for that, Luke. But... Uh, but yeah, I, behavior yeah exactly. Exactly. I mean, in front eat of this in front of me. <laughs> um, but I think it's right by ABC, and then like that footage is him wandering through the streets of Lower East Side, going over the Williamsburg Bridge, trying to find drugs and have his like devotees following him, aka all the parts of punk that I was always like, <laughs> I don't know, so, man. Yeah, I think to that point was, you know, he's rolling around, he craps, he doing all this stuff, and then comes right back to doing vocals when right. he's supposed to, or. Or, His timing's you know, not on, terrible, he, as far no. as you can tell. Yeah. He was going to get back for "Bite It, You Scum." Like exactly. He was gonna, you know. I mean, the, the songs are a mess anyway, so I guess you could just come and go whenever you please, and it seems yeah. fine. I, musicians should, are better than you think they're going to be. I will yes, say that. But ultimately, this is something I want to say. When I say right off the bat, I mean you know, twenty minutes into this podcast, uh, Gigi Allen's music is very, very bad. Like and I li- and this is one of those things where it's like we've talked about it of like almost like the the growth we're trying to have as both human beings and now as podcasters documenting punk and documenting punk scenes and documenting uh, these kind of different eras uh, and uh, you know trying to acknowledge sometimes that it's like oh it might just not be for me I have these different set of influences et cetera et cetera I kind of stand behind if you legitimately listen to his music and you're like it's good musically I think you're wrong. But, like, I think I, – I can't think of a reason why it would be good. It's all very bad music. Um, this is beyond the message. 
and that is ultimately one of the biggest problems with Gigi as a a idol uh, to certain people and like his idea of saving rock and roll, which I do think the choice of the words rock and roll, not punk rock is interesting. But it's bad in a weird way. It's, it's bad punk, but it's, it's bad in a way where there's lots of like hardcore bands that we listen to religiously growing up that are mm-hmm. worse musically. Like he mm-hmm. knows how to write a song. He knows how to like, you know, um, he, he knows, he knows what a song looks like. Yeah, and that's what makes it so weird. It's like he's got the he he knows the form, but any content he puts into it is like there's a big divide between his understanding of like you know what was he what was it what's, what wasn't Jackson Brown like what song was he singing oh, like halfway uh, I think oh that was, was a Warren Z, that was Warren Zevon yeah, Warren Warren Carmelita Zivon. by Warren Zevon yeah all the three same guys to my mind that we just <laughs> named um, but. You or Zivon's like, probably the top in there, but okay. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but um, that we can come back to that later. Yeah. <laughs> but then there's the just like his records, like the earlier records when he's like trying to go for music, like they know how to put a song together, which makes how bad it is so much more uncanny. You're like, I recognize this as a guy who really understands like what music is, right? Then what is going on here, and why is it so bad? Like we, I mean, I, I don't have any examples to point to, and we didn't like listen to the albums like for this, but like it's 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 bad in it's it's not bad in a novice way. It's bad in some other kind of way, right? You know, it's 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 like I mean, you can attribute it to him being kind of like completely out of his fucking mind, you know? Right, yeah. and maybe well, it's that's hard. It. To, it's hard to uh, take a take one away from the other. You know, right. if he wasn't the person he was, would we say, eh, the music just is boring and I don't care about it? But it's like you know who he is, which It's the impossible a- focus group test because, yeah, I think if you – without the personality of Gigi, it's any kind of blasé – Lower East Side, but playing like the punk club I've never been to mm-hmm. uh, uh, band, where you're just like, yeah, I mean, that's there's that chorus, and there's a, and it's just like a, like the riff is just a riff. Um, uh, there's a handful. I will say the song that they play his ex music teacher in high school is like the most interesting because <laughs> I was like, it's the closest to like a grindcore like right. masked guy hardcore youth attack release like where i was like oh, okay if it was more like that but most time it's just like buy that you know scum like right. kind of that repetitive where it's like what if we took the ramones and then just like got rid of any catchiness and just repeated and it's not and not enough repeating that it's like the black metal we're interested in where it's like playing on minimalist classical music essentially and it's basically like black metal fugue like terry riley mm-hmm. um no it's just like is it a is it a genius i mean maybe that's partly why people sometimes think but i was gonna say maybe that's partly why sometimes people are like he was a genius because sometimes you'll listen and be like it seems like you're going on too long for this part and not long enough on this part um and it seems like you have a rhyme and then you decide to give up on rhymes because you oh got overwhelmed <laughs> But it's like yeah. the inconsistency is part of it. But musically, again, it's hard to separate that. Like, I don't think anyone is there for it musically. No. Not one person. Um, I mean, I would, que- <laughs> I would question why anyone is there, period. But right. I think that's because, a bigger- I mean, I, why do I think, I mean, and, and it's only watching it now. When I watched it in high school, um, 
you know, I understand why I watched it. Like, I was just starting to get into punk. And you see that, and you're like, wait a second. There's this... What is essentially what he thinks is his message, message is this, you know, really nihilism times a thousand. Destructiveness times a thousand. Combined with... Starting the movie with Gigi Allen is an entertainer with a message to a sick society. He makes us look at it for what we really are. The human is just another animal who is able to speak out freely, to express himself clearly. Make no mistake about it. Behind what he does is a brain. John Wayne Gacy. Like, I was the creep who was also into serial killers as a, you know, in a high school, junior high kid. Uh, So it's like, oh, there's something more to this right away. But it's like when you are like, oh, I'm going to get kind of into hardcore. And I'm like, here's Black Flag. Here's... You know, minor threat. And then it's like, wait, here's Gigi Allen, who you've seen. You saw him on Geraldo. Like, I saw him before I saw Hated. I saw that episode. And then you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, it literally, like, this, I mean, again, where his thesis is flawed of what Gigi is doing, what everyone's idea of what Gigi is doing. But it's also... No, uh, Gigi's just his thesis about his, his life. Own. His, his own, own thesis. Right. His basic idea of, like, my mind is a machine gun, my words are the bullets, the audience is the audience. This is uh, just words. Yeah, but, like, That's destroy a- everything. Like, you know, the the world is fucked. Like, all that. Like, it's all, like, that at, when, you're, when you're 15, you're 14, right. it's like, yeah. Like, I feel that way. And Their then evidence of his damage. And then what? It's just, it's like, those words are just like evidence of his damage. They're not a theory. They're yes, like, they're exactly. kind of artic- they're articulations coming from a dark space. Articulations and justifications. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my mm-hmm. biggest takeaway watching it now is just where you're just like, man, Gigi and all of his fans are justifying that he just wanted to fucking do drugs and like assault people and, right. uh, uh, not pay tax, whatever his version is. Not like, pay taxes. I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and again, that's that bit where when you're 16, you're like, he has that speech in the St. Mark's Hotel slash it isn't St. Mark's Hotel. It's actually no. Todd Phillips uh, <laughs> dorm room um, uh, where he's like, everyone else is fucked. Like everyone, which again is a 16 year old version of it, but like right. everyone else is fucked. Everyone out there who got fucking married has to answer their wife and it's fucking has to deal with a mortgage and has to fucking pay taxes, goes back to taxes. Um, he does bring up taxes a fair amount. Um, you're sense. like, yeah, fuck the suburbs, like the death of the suburbs, like, et cetera. But as you get older and on, you're like, wait a second. Like, that's, uh, uh, yeah, there is no thesis there. It's just a justification for being a fuck up and that you have, he has mental illness, as Merle points out. Like, I, th- I think I think there so, um, like to, to momentarily be generous to to Gigi um, and his fans, which I'm not going to uh, keep up. But like momentarily, <laughs> I kind of when that you mentioned the genius, like there are a lot of people who think he is a genius, you know, yes. and still like performance art and all this stuff, right? Just like Charles Manson, yeah. And um, and I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about that in the context of. Well, I ultimately thought of it in the context of the Gacy quote that you 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 just I think you said the whole thing, but like yeah. it talks about how he's um like he's he's an entertainer with a message to a sick society. Okay, you can you can you like that might be um a prerequisite for genius, right? Like mm-hmm. cuz like 
what are those like like boy bands? So you're never going to think a boy band is you know like right. like kind of like the artist has to reflect the times. We are kind of like in a kind of a troubled times, so it's hard to see how you know that wouldn't be the case. So you give John Wayne Gacy that much, mm-hmm. but then he says he makes us look at who we really are. That's just the same thing, reflection of society. But then the next line was like he is. The, I'm going to read that line here. The human is just another animal who is able to speak out freely to express himself clearly. <clears throat> Excuse me. And there, that's the whole thing where the whole thing falls apart, right? So there's a, there's a kind of person who believes the world is fucked and it's our obligation to just kind of express the fuckness, you know, and like and, and just rage. And like that's how Gigi lives. And that's how a lot of people think about art. Right, and it's yeah. and it's not far off from like a re- legitimate way of thinking about art. So I'll give Gigi and his fans credit for like, and John Wayne Gacy in this light, like, if you believe that that art is um, like kind of a negative reflection in some respect of the world, okay, I'll give you that much. Yeah. That's a part of a, that's part of a theory. If the next step is, yeah, like you're an exp- like you are like part of that world and you have to express it. You know, and you're basically, basically it's like a nihil, that, but if, if you believe like all your responsibility is to be as an artist is to do what is being done, then you're a nihilist, right? That's, that's, that's yeah. just nihilism. And Gigi does that better than anybody else in a certain way. He's just fucked. Yeah. He's a hundred percent fucked when, when it's like, oh, uh, we've talked about before when you're like, oh, like, uh, uh, Amrepi pig fuck bands need to have like the singer who's like fucked up. Right. Like, you know, whatever that is that we can live vicariously through. This but is all the, these guys are fucked up. Yeah, this all is these the guys thousandth like, version, like the, the yeah. times a billion version of that. And there's a, there's a, they get credit for that. I'm not saying I, it's a virtue, but they yeah, get yeah. credit for, like, walking all the way down that road. Yeah. And that's what makes this interesting in a certain way, right? Yes. Like, that they, like, they take themselves seriously. Right. Um, and that's respectable, you know, although you don't want to be near it. But then wait, wait, I want to just, like, one more thing, and I'll, like, because I also want to open up to questions that I have for you guys. But when he says the human is just another animal who is able to speak out freely, express himself clearly. First of all, no other animal can do that. Maybe yep. dolphins or some shit. Sorry. So there's a, there's like some weird tension here, right? Like the human is just another animal. No, the whole point of making art is that humans aren't just other animals. Like right. that's the whole thing. That's what art is. It's like human creative capacity. So if, the point of distinguish, like the whole point is that like art distinguishes people from animals. So you are allowed to talk about how we have a sick society and that we're, all humans are this, right? Yeah. But when you think your only obligation is just to be an animal in that environment, to not like, you know, like that's where you get like the, the difference here between like, let me frame it this way. The difference between what is more punk ultimately this movie or Gigi Allen? Like right. I already have my I have my answer to that. It's a loaded question, but like, Gigi is 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 an animal. Yes, he's not speaking clearly. He's right. not speaking freely. He's totally subject to his demons. Well, that's you know, the thing. Like to me, in that one sentence, the second half is having a. I agree with you on the art thing, but also there's a bigger percentage, at least for me, where I'm like, I actually think art exists because humans can't express themselves clearly. That's right. I think that we 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 all think we can. Like, and so even that, the human is another animal who is able to speak out freely to express himself clearly shows the um, narcissistic viewpoint of a serial killer. Yeah. Like, because also, like, yeah, okay, so you express yourself clearly by dressing up like Pogo and then murdering hundreds of little boys and sexually assaulting them and putting them in a basement. 
cool, Gacy. Um, but also, right. it's a it's not true. Like most human beings actually do not understand themselves, and through art, we're tr- and writing, music, whatever it is, we're trying to figure out something. And I am saying this as someone who does not understand themselves. But once the minute you think either. Uh, the minute you think that you are like, I'm just expressing my clear voice. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. And you're wrong. Like you, you, it's that little bit of, oh, you don't understand that you're a moron as well. <laughs> like you're, you're as dumb as the rest of us. You don't understand yourself just as much as the rest of humanity. Um, uh, which, you know, ultimately does connect to, and I think it's a larger conversation for a little bit of like the trajectory of, uh, uh, of, uh, Todd, Todd Phillips. Todd Phillips' career, yeah. and you know a movie you and I have discussed uh, a bunch, but like the different versions of how you could look at a movie like Joker, right. where I was like, oh, Joker makes so much more sense with the last speech that Todd Phillips gives at the end of this movie. Yeah, but that's also a good example of to me and why Joker didn't work for me is like. You also have to grow in the 20 to 25 years since you were 18 in college and made this movie because there's a big theme in Joker that is just might as well be the same statements from Gigi Allen that also connect to his statements on like woke culture and you can't do comedy anymore. And it's just like, all right, like maybe now it's actually turned around. So we need a documentary on Todd Phillips. Because, yeah. again, that's your 18-year-old, 20-year-old version where you're funding this movie with John Wayne Gacy paintings. That was a fact I did not realize until last that. night um, uh, that he, like, had Gacy make posters of Gigi um, and then ended up, like, when he finally did them, sold them through MRR, through Maximum Rock and Roll for, like, 15 bucks and made, like, ten to 12,000 bucks off of it. So, like, that was why th- he was, like, kind of joking. It's like, Gacy's kind of, a, uh, like, an executive producer of this. Uh, because that's, you know, he made this in college, but had to leave college to finish it because he's like, you know, right. the money going to college was kind of pointless and they needed this money to finish up the rest of it either way. Um, right. well, I want to talk about Phillips, but I, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I want to open it up back to you guys. But like the last thing I want to say is just responding to what you said, Jeff, where like you talk about the artist not being aware, but like, I think it's, it's that tension, right? I have two fingers I'm, I'm holding up. Like one <laughs> is... One like, and two. <laughs> the art, like, like, I mean, punk is really good at this more than most other forms, like, kind of, is, like, identifying the kind of shittiness, you know, of the world. But then in the second prong is to attempt to make clarity, like, to understand that people don't have voices, right? And then the attempt to produce a clear, ironed-out, self-reflective voice. Like, that's the best punk does that, right? Um, it, and, and, and it doesn't accomplish either, really, you know? But it's, it's, it's kind of like the vacillating between those two things, which makes a lot of really interesting punk stuff. You know, like, this is bad. I'm going to try to, you know, rise above it or, or say something clear about this. And then you wind up being stuck in, stuck in the mud anyway. Where the difference with Gigi Allen and the Gacy quote here is there's, there's, there's no awareness of that friction between those two poles. It's, and that's what makes it serial killer. Like, that's what makes it maniacal. Like, this idea of, like, oh, no, like, I'm, and this is, it's the whole get off my lawn, don't tread on me bullshit of, like, right. like, like I am who I am and I'm going to say it with, like, absolute clarity. And it's maniacal. And, you know, go ahead, Pete. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, I had written in one of my notes because there's a – there's a a point where they're interviewing Unc, who we have not talked about, super fan mm. 
the only <laughs> fan apparently. Uh, be beyond the I love be, Unk. Unk we is were amazing. obsessed. We were obsessed with Unk in high school. <laughs> Unk what does Unk do now? I, Unk I look. There's some Reddit threads. They, no one knows where Unk is exactly. I think, as far as I could tell, Unk is all of us. Uh, so <laughs> he, they. I can't remember what they ask about, but there's a it's to what you were just saying. He talks about the live show, and he says, you know, as long as he isn't doing it to me, it's hilarious. I know, and he knows where to go. And it's kind of like that made me think about like who's going to these shows. And what kind of person are you that you want to watch this train wreck? Right. You know, when that, that last show is happening and he's just throwing shit on everybody. Like, some people don't even move. and some The people one are, guy puts his finger up his butt. The one yeah. guy wearing the white jumpsuit. Yeah. And some people are clearly want to be up front and know what they're going to engage in. But either Here's way, just kind of like, my why, kind of controversial. why would you want to go? But that made me think, Matt, to your point of sort of like not in my backyard. Like, I want to go and see people get... Right. The shit kicked out of him, but I don't want it to happen to me. It's kind of like no, it's that it's is a really so twisted. Yes. Yeah, it's really perverse. Yeah, uh, yeah what's a twisted well, take here, Jeff? <laughs> Jeff doesn't uh, think it's twisted. Totally, no, no. Yeah. It sounds very cool. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait. I'm, I'm going to shove my finger up Gigi's yeah, corpse. Um, no, I. Uh, there is a element that I was like, this is. Uh, the nihilistic version of like Dan Deacon fans to me. Like, Tell me say more there. Yeah, uh, that is quite a hot take. I know. Uh, what, and, <laughs> Not, and this those is, words never. I didn't, that didn't come to my mind. There yeah. is a uh, it, it, as. Being someone who's trying to work through my issues with this because I still am not sure what my issues are, and I don't know Dandy and his music completely. There's a bit like when I'll watch shows of his live shows where I'm like, all right, you've got this floor show, you're kind of like, and I'm aware of like the level where it's like, all right, you 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 shouldn't play a floor show anymore. No one can see you. Uh, but you know, watching everyone kind of dress up like Dan Deacon. Like and 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 there's probably a better example of this, but like it's a world I never completely understood because I'm like, there. This is a battle I would sometimes have in Orchid, where I was like, yeah, the idea of like I'm just like you, we're all we're all the same. There was a bit I was like, no, but also, like right now, like I'm a little bit more of the focus here. Like uh, as I'm playing bass. I worked on these songs. I wrote these songs. You're the performer. I'm the performer. There is a. There, it isn't a straight across the board. Uh, punks are just like us, like sort of thing. Us Weekly, <laughs> our theme from the first <laughs> always, season, always, always and forever. Um, but there's also the extra level that seems to come across with certain bit where it's like. It's the same for me as, like, a flaming lips thing, where I'm like, I don't really like the experience of, like, that I, like, because I'm like, you're not in the flaming lips. You aren't Dan Deacon. So if you're dressing up, like, this kind of goofy costume, and, like, you're a part of the performance, one, I think you're kind of being used a little bit, like, for the performance, whether that's good or bad. But there's also just something that I personally can't get into, like, as someone who as still wants to go to shows, but most of the time I'm like, no, I want to go and watch the band and let them do their thing and then leave. Like, it's not about right. me. And it is, we can make it even a version of, like, the hardcore we all grew up in. There is a narcissism in uh, singing along. 
Like sometimes you watch a video of like a 95, 96 hardcore band and you're like, much like how I would sometimes feel an orchid where I always joke like, God, stop touching me, people. Um, I uh, actually, I would rather hear that singer sing it than everyone else. Like I want to hear it for these hardcore choruses you wrote because that's what they were written for. Are you saying that you wanted chokehold singer to ever speak into the mic as opposed oh, to Oh, God, like- no. That's a whole different story. I want the chokehold singer to constantly write too many lyrics uh, uh, and hardly get through them in the song. Uh, and, Are you saying and, you and then I can't hear take in some youth crew when you'd see Earth Crisis? I did when I was like 16. Uh, and I get in it to me, it's like a thing of youth, but I, part of it is like slowly being like a performer at a certain point where I was just like, no, there is. A di-. And I don't know. There's just like a putting your I think it's partly it's like why I can never I don't know. It's putting like too much of your own being into someone else. Like and that. that's Gigi's thing. I guess that's ultimately like it's me in the jerky way saying that again. Again, honestly, like I don't honestly know much about Dan Dean. It's more of like I'll see photos where I'm like. Why are all the people surrounding him dressed like he is? Like you're cosplaying as the guy you're seeing. But um, I also think like the people in the band had to believe in him as well. You know, like even when they talked to uh, Dino Sex, drummer. Do you um, know the naked drummer? <laughs> I don't know his full name, but he goes by uh, Dino Sex. Yes. You know, when they ask him his thoughts on Gigi, he says, God, Jesus, and Satan rolled into one. That's how he explains himself. So, like, he doesn't even have a clear vision. That's what Gigi says. Yes, that's what Gigi says. What he really says is extremely outrageous. Yes. A beautiful person. No limits. have fun. No holds barred. No limits. Which, weirdly, I had a moment where, I don't know if you guys know this, but Kyle Mooney and Beck Bennett from SNL's, like, sketch group before Good Neighbor, when they would do sketches, they had a very good one that I liked a lot just called, like, Toast. And it's like them doing a complicated toast before they go out drinking for the night. <laughs> but it starts with Kyle Mooney doing a half-drunk toast to them where he's like, you're my best. Rage bro forever. And like I was like, this sounds exactly like Dito the Naked Drummer. Would I put it past Kyle Mooney saw that at some point? It was like, I'll make that into a slight character. I mean, Dino's the guy to me that I want to like, I want to save. You know, he's completely There's no lost. saving that. No, dude. no, no, Going. totally not. But he is like, a, he, again, like, I don't know enough That's about a, him, so I don't want to get canceled and say, but he seems like a puppy dog. Like, he just does yes. not know. He doesn't seem to know. Like, I, I think say, he he's a puppy dog who and, exposed his fang. Well, yes, exactly. <laughs> I would say he was, I mean, I would say he's infantilizing himself because he was molested as a child and there's some like weird most like he think he's, there. like he's like part of lunatics or there's something he's got a mental bond with the lunatics yes he is uh, who, who were in the practice space yes. across from panthers so as always oh. i think about that all the time yeah i saw i saw a photo and he's got like maybe a red beard and yellow hair or vice versa it looks like oh that's him? like like a ronald mcdonald like bananas he's got a lot of bags in his apartment Let's just say that. a lot of a lot of like, grocery bags, uh, plastic bags holding things. People with really perverse, like kind of awful predilections, find each other, and that seems like what's going on with those two guys in the murder junkies. Yes, with the drummer and Gigi. But like, what the fuck is going on yeah. with like what kind of enabler is Merle? Like, what what is? I mean, that well, is a big thing. I mean, Merle uh, uh, took some time off from being in Sparks um, for a uh, while, which is very nice to. Yeah. Uh, play with it's his a, brother. It's a mustache joke, Pete. Yes, it's a mustache that's joke. the mustache. If you didn't know, I, did, I don't know that one. Oh my God, Pete! Keep up with the times. I'm sorry. Of a thirty to forty year old band, 
like the story that Gigi has, which compelled me as a kid so much because I was into that type of, you know, fringe stuff was the fact that like, you know, the dad had like a death like wish basically and Mm -hmm. like was digging four graves like for his family in the basement. But like you almost forget that that happened to Merle as well. Like he might have recognized it different because of age however it is but like you know even the fact that like he we talked about like he's for being fucked up and with like a hitler charlie chaplin mustache like he's very cool he's he's very cool is what we're saying pete said it not me <laughs> the side your pole really the sideburns, they, they must, yeah. are they sideburns i mean they're almost they're mutton chops they're, yeah they're side, yeah they're like the guy from beyond. kentucky headhunters who's like and maybe you know, shaved maybe shaved eyebrows i could definitely tell. shaved eyebrows me and definitely jay from orchid we watched this a lot in, in high school we that was the beginning i think of us talking about as far as i remember of like the guaranteed way to make yourself look crazy is to shave your eyebrows. Yeah. And I remember with Merle, and they're clearly focusing on it, which oh, yeah. I do want to speak to. We'll probably get to this right after this conversation about Todd Phillips being a very good director and showing it very early with his choices yeah. and how he sets up shots in, in this. Like, they're very funny. It's a very funny movie. Oh, like the, yeah. like the interview with Merle in front of the playground. Yes, sure you, we'll can see, yes. you can see where <laughs> Todd Phillips' comedy career continues, like in a yeah, lot of ways. Yeah. But... Yeah. Yeah, I just think, like, Merle must have put together how he was fucked up by their fucked up family and their fucked up town to them in a completely different way. Like, my wife always says when I get down on myself that she'll be like, I didn't bet on a losing horse. Like, in some ways, he bet on a losing ho- or he bet on a third place horse. Like, like they're not making ever that much money. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's not that he doesn't make the money. It's that when he bet on Gigi, I mean, that is part of it. But I think what the other thing is, like, when he bet on Gigi, he was resigning himself to be an enabler for all that behavior. It's like, right. you know what? Like, not only do I think you can do it, but the thing that I think you can do and then I'm going to kind of, like, help foster you into doing and developing you is going to is, – is, is, is self-destructiveness. Yeah. Because yeah, like, so I'm going to sit back here and play bass – like right. very like a log interesting to yeah watch like that it's like essentially merle setting up his brother for death like but setting up know. his brother yeah for I, I don't know i mean and again i'm not trying to apologize for any of them I, uh, <laughs> so many pull quotes from you nicest guy in hardcore is getting taken down i just i think to your point jeff we don't know the trauma history and yeah. what what and again, I haven't seen part two. I've not read books, so I don't know how um, if there's a deep dive to the past. Like in this movie, I believe only Merle's the one who talks about their upbringing, about mm, that right. you know the relationship with the father. So we don't know if you know what their relationship was. That maybe Merle was the you know caretaker, the protector, and Gigi was maybe in a different setting based on what their relationship was with with dad. I read that. Uh, you know, Gigi. No, was, Gigi was, does bring it up, doesn't he? Because isn't he? Or did Merle, the one who followed up that really harsh story with you know things like that? I think that was. I thought that was Merle. Maybe it was. Merle. I thought it was Gigi. Um, but go on. So I just think it's hard to know what their relationship and dynamic is to say that he's truly an enabler. Like I also think that. You know, we're seeing this movie. They're born in fifty five, fifty six, I think. So at this point, they're in their forties. Uh, yeah. 
So like that's nuts. For to think about like reinventing yourself at that point in life and be like, well, I'm, I've got this creepy mustache. This is my life, and now I'm gonna I don't know put on a business suit or go back to school, and I don't have any money anyways. You Seems, find it super inspirational. You're thinking super about reinventing you're, you're your you're life, like, Pete. Yes. <laughs> So you've got a beard like, right now, but all of a sudden you've got a razor. What are you doing? You're shaving it off. <laughs> so to, yeah, I'm going to cut right down the middle and just keep the sides. Um, I think thinking about that seems very daunting. And if you already have this that maybe you could make some money and your life is already probably fucked. not great. That, yeah. yeah, fuck. That you're going to go that way. Uh, you are in a sick society that there is a legitimacy that if you have started off poor – like and continue that like it's not like you're like we have set up a society that you're going to get out of that so yeah. might as well lean into it and be merle and be gg right at a certain I, point you know i do want to correct i so i looked at my notes it does look like gg was the one who talked about the dad i don't know there's clearly a lot of mental health issues in the family uh, uh, you think <laughs> that but i think the one question that kept coming back to me because i also was looking at like all the musicians that played with him, and some of these people were were notable. Like, I think Chris Corsano played with him. Jay Maskus played with him. Thurston Moore Chris played Corsano? with him. Yes, Chris Corsano. Uh, but does wait, he get Thurston a, Moore played with Thurston him? Moore? Good, good man. Sorry, Matt. Um, Usually Thurston has such good tastes. But, I do have hmm. a, and is it no gimmicks, and the gimmicks seem so far from front and center of I, yeah, definitely. I, that is a, that is a blowing my mind, Pete. Thank you so much for you, bringing out our new, <laughs> our new fucking shooting target. Could for we this have some season. music that starts right then when I say? Um, we'll, 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 we'll 10, 20, 30, 40. Don't bring Kim in. Don't drag her. Oh, yeah, sorry. It's the only Sonic Youth song I could think of. How about a Twilight song with him dicking around on fucking solos? So my question isn't does he get a pass. It's I think it's why. Why are – you know, he's – I just think – Let like, me turn that is, question around. What is the draw? Ooh, why, are people why do like, you get a pass, Pete? Is that yeah. what you're going to turn around? <laughs> Here, I'm going to turn, turn the question around, Pete. What's so what's so why? big about Sinaloa, huh? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why did you have Wesley Willis sing on one of your songs? Uh, no, Rest the in peace. Uh, yeah. So the question I think Pete is like to, like is not why does Gigi get a pass or it's why do we I mean because if we've established like he is basically an animal like through hurt and through self-destruction through drug abuse, you know, trauma like he's not functioning like an adult. He's not functioning like a you know like a, like he doesn't have his cognitive capacities uh, about him. So the question is why do all of these other people get passes? Yeah. You 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 given a strong case for why his brother doesn't get a pass. You know, but like you can you can empathize with how the, what what the damage might have done to him. But the question is, why do all these other people? Um, why do they get a pass for for working with this true, guy? True. Yeah. I mean, also, you know? this is the first time that I'm thinking in the terms of just because you brought up Wesley Willis, that it also uh, Gigi is in the category of Wesley Willis. And like Daniel Johnston, mm-hmm. yeah, where yeah, there is this him. element where I'm like, oh, I, it, it's, it's, it, it, I don't have the exact answer, but it's at least worth questioning um, people's involvement and liking of each of their individual music and how much of it is uh, uh, 
pandering. Yeah, pander like in and and as best at best the shags as well. Like honestly, it's like the shags is a fifty fifty to me because I do sometimes. I'm like I'll listen to the shags and be like. There is this unknown. They didn't plan on it, but there is a lineage to like Rhode Island's load records, like in the way the Shags put their songs together, whether they knew it or not. But there is also how much of it uh, is the story and the pandering. How much is it of those those two farmers who wrote that one really good song? I, I'm blanking on their names. Uh, no idea what you're talking about. Yes. Uh, but, but the thing Dream and Wild Johnson, was the name of the song. It got put out by Light in the Attic, I think. It's one of those records. I see. But the, the Daniel Johnston, Wesley Willis thing, those guys, I mean, especially Daniel Johnston, like, they were mental health issues, but working with them was not aiding and abetting their self-destruction. Right. It was, it was actually it was helping. A, you know, it was, yeah, it was like a creative outlet where, like, it's not entirely clear to me that what we can call Gigi's, like what what he made his money on, is actually art. Right. But I also don't know. I don't know Wesley Willis enough. Besides, you know, a few songs here and there. Besides Dave Grohl, um, flashback to episode four. You weren't there, uh, so I don't know. I don't know his story enough. I you know I've seen the Daniel Johnson. I would put HR in this too, but I think mm. that. Um, Shots fired. Yeah, geez. yeah. Wow. But I, I think nice that, guy at hardcore. <laughs> I think that they have I'll people. Put AJ Barrelero. I think that they. I, I put Roger in there. Season two coming out. Oh wow! <laughs> you just broke his cover. Um, so I think each of those people had. We'll probably edit that out. <laughs> I think each of the, those people had or have someone around them who's helping them. To a better place, you know. I think, yeah, sure. you know, they they could be not far from from where Gigi was. I guess why I'm also opinion. for the first time thinking in those terms is because there's a little bit of you know I went off on my like overzealous like this music sucks, but I do kind of stand behind it with Gigi Allen. Um, uh, but there has always been with like you know I think the cases of like a Wesley Willis or Daniel Johnson where I'm just like. At least in my mind, I'm like, but you don't, you don't really listen to this, do you? Like, like people who listen to Daniel, like, and and where I can't separate, much like you can't separate, um, and that's all. I mean, again, it can be the argument for all art, all music, all creation. Like, you know, that you can't separate the art and the artist. Like, it's just a basic conversation. Um, but like, I it's sometimes when I'm like. I, I think we all try to do it to some extent at different points in our lives of being like, but what happens if we do try to separate it as much as we possibly can? I would always well, hear pers- that music and be like, I just don't believe that. Or you have a completely different musical taste than I do. I think there's just a, a, yeah, a, a pandering in there that is different than Gigi. I do think most of the Gigi fans are, uh, you know, Unc realizes he's an alcoholic. Unc yep. realizes well, he's, 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 he's confronted with the fact. In yeah, a way. yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but I think you know if you you are these, or if you're Chicken John and you're seeing that he should be the revolution, but that he's just rock and roll, uh, then you are Chicken John who was thinking there would be a revolution through some he, shitty he, punk he, rock show. He sounds like a guy who got out of a cult. 
Yeah, he's still angry about having been in the cult. He ended up being like a kind of joke mayoral candidate in San Francisco. He's like he's like a big John? he's a big chunk of Burning Man, etc. Really? Oh, interesting. Um, uh, yeah. Um, uh, so he's in that like uh, handlebar mustache world. Uh, yeah. So, to me. Y- to, on the, so Jeff, you said the whole thing right then about um, you talked a little bit about. Um, like what people see when they see, you know, when they listen to these people who have, you know, people who are like either schizophrenic or have other like, you know, yes. um, mental impairments that are kind of potentially influencing the music and the art that they create. Right. Right. So you have these people. I think the issue here is, I mean, as I would frame it is like these aren't people who are in a position potentially like depending on who we're talking about to like approach clarity and mastery of whatever they're trying to produce right right? like they're they're not on a they're not on a trajectory towards clarity because they're not in a place to have clear thinking about who and what they are and where they are so to turn that around and say well who is the like who are like you brought up chicken john and unk like what is what is what is the audience here not for the movie, for, for, like, we talked a little bit about it, but, like, should we talk more about, like, who is... The audience for Gigi? For Gigi's audience. I mean, the audience is Todd Phillips. No, that's the best-case scenario. That's, like, he's, in a certain way, he's, like, the best-case scenario. Are every, is everyone as I mean, I guess that like, also goes of do we think, because much like all of this, this is all, like, all of this podcast is us theorizing off of the information we are given in yeah. a specific documentary. What right. we are given is that Todd Phillips is a Gigi Allen fan, and and the percentage is, well, no, even his moves make it unclear, which is interesting, if he's looking at him as a sideshow, or if he's looking at him as something else, if he is looking at him as just some music he likes, as a genius, just a focus. Something. There's a difference between Todd Phillips and the people who are like, I mean, in the thing that I sent you, Pete, that... Um, where it's like the last show before Gigi dies, he's, Gigi kind of starts this like mini riot, and then this crew of enablers are just hanging around yes. him, you know, like guiding him, loving what he's doing. There's a difference between that crowd, the crowd that's putting their fingers up his butt at shows, which is just like blows my mind. I never noticed that before watching it yesterday. Right. And um, and then the Todd Phillips, like whatever Todd Phillips' appeal. The appeal is for Todd Phillips. It's not that. So, I mean, Todd Phillips is a a film student at this point. I think he's, what, second year. So whether he liked Gigi or not, and maybe he just, I don't know, maybe he just knew about him. Um, you know, I think it, there was something there that was probably intriguing of like, oh, I could make a documentary about this. There's enough. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, could. it's, yeah. And so, and, and he did. Um, and he did. But, and we uh, watched it. <laughs> I mean, there we are. And we're talking about it right now. <laughs> it's got so meta. Um, I think there was something there. And Jeff, you know, you were a film student. So I think Ooh. it, wow. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, no, not at all. Oh, boy, what? What are you going to say? Here we go. Uh, if you had the option to make a documentary about a man living in our closet for $50 a month. Um, I would oh definitely make a food documentary. <laughs> but yes. I think if you had access to that. Maybe that would intrigue you, whether you liked him or not. Uh, yes, to say especially oh, at that a, point. There's a especially when you're like, I want to create a film career. Right. Like, exactly. there's a great topic. Yeah, um, and I do think you know to speak to like, you know, Todd Phillips' career is interesting to me. He's like kind of like a a a um, 
from coming from the comedy world, I feel like there's like a bit that you're like, you're not supposed to really like what he does. Hated is interesting because I know I found a VHS with some of my uh, student films. Uh, and it wasn't for grad school for film, but I just was watching one with uh, our good friend Joe Zarika uh, in it. Mm. Uh, and I was like, man, it's not Joe's fault. This is bad. I made a bad movie. For being a fucking student film, how many student films do you see that you're like, your gut reaction is like, this is a student film. And then you watch this and you're like, oh, I can see all of your juxtapositions. Like there are multiple like very funny parts uh, interviewing his high school buddies, Gigi's high school buddies and not giving them names. Just calling them high school buddies <laughs> is such a fun, punk, shitty, funny thing to do because yeah. I you can tell that he's kind of aware that like, yeah, we're looking at Gigi as this sideshow, but all the things he's talking about, which is also they have the great kind of intercut of Gigi talking about, I'm not sucking by your chains, fucking a mortgage, and then they intercut back to... <laughs> yes. All of his friends who clearly you're like, oh, right, Gigi is old. It's not just because he fucked up his life. Uh, and they're all sitting around wearing their best leathers. He clearly, like those high school friends, were like, I'm going to put my fucking leather jacket on and my going to look yeah. cool while we make like bad dad jokes that are while we're rolling a joint. Um, and that is intercut where you're like, yeah, I mean, Gigi's not wrong. It's the point that we were kind of talking about earlier where it's like his, his you know, where he goes with it isn't a clear theorem on life, but uh, uh, yeah, you mentioned Merle getting interviewed uh, in front of a, a playground. I was like, yep, Classic. that's a very funny move. <laughs> um, and not for a jumping to the end, but like that last move at the end is unbelievably funny, but also is a strong, like could be seen as like, a, just like, oh, that's like you've set up a very kind of semi-dramatic, semi-funny ending, but that the movie basically ends with he's getting a call from the correctional facility. It's Gigi. Will you accept these calls? We hear the hall, press one, press two, and then it cuts mm-hmm. to black and it leads us to think that he did not answer the phone. Now, mm-hmm. did he probably answer it? I would guess he pressed one. I would guess he did accept the collect charges from Gigi. But it seems like he set that up before with his speech at the end. That is the first time we completely hear Todd Phillips' kind of viewpoint. We get a little bit at the beginning, but like in his voice here or there. Uh, But that is a great ending and is also a great kind of like juxtaposition he is making and does kind of establish some sort of like almost like Paulie and Goodfellas like now I got to turn my back on you like it's almost like did we just watch Todd Phillips grow up at the end of this movie because he's turning away from you know him talking about Gigi that he is the voice of a minority he is a voice of this minority that needs to speak out and like blah 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 Um, and there is something interesting even more so watching it to me knowing that it became Todd Phillips' career became the Joker movie. Mm-hmm. It's hard a little bit because the Joker is a movie that I like have a lot of issues with and did not love, but also I do only watched it once and I can only vaguely remember. <laughs> but my main feeling with the Joker, if I remember correctly, was oh, if you took the nihilism of what and and the belief system of what Todd Phillips' last speech is, which is basically just like. Gigi is a voice of a sick society and the minority in that sick society that they need to, they can't be held back any longer and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. When you translate into, here's a movie that is about kind of a character, the Joker is not that far off of a Gigi Allen, but I'm doing this in Trump America now. 
where it's like we're just surrounded by a bunch of people who are, to me, snowflake crybabies, a.k.a. QAnon Trump supporters who are just like, nobody hears my voice, even though I literally have the loudest voice that's ever existed. And also, nobody silences my voice. You are hearing it right now. It is not a voice that is being silenced. So that disconnect that you have to have to be Gigi Allen and think that essentially the extension of Gigi talking about my goal is to take down society, but also they want to silence rock and roll. They want to silence the true voice of rock and roll. To me, it's the same shit as like when Man of War would always be like, they're trying to make metal stop. They're trying to make us stop playing metal. Nobody's actually trying to silence you, Gigi. I think actually they were trying to get you to stop assaulting people. Stop raping people. Stop fucking throwing shit on people. The right. music is no, not the too- issue. Right. It's a wrong idea we- of what the issue is, which is the connection to some of the issues I had in The Joker, but then also with the woke culture statement he had, and then also just Trump, America, blah, blah, blah. Well, let's, like, let's, let's spend some, like, so the one thing with, with I'm trying to think, like, let's say, I want to talk about The Joker, but, like, I'm thinking about the, G- the thing you think about Gigi Allen. So when Gigi Allen is is misidentifying and basically like making himself in that context of saying like, Oh, they're trying to cancel my music. He's kind of victimizing himself. Yes. You know, like making himself the victim. But what's inter- two things I'd say about that. One is what's interesting is, but he is a victim, not in that instances. He's just misidentifying the cause of, of him being a victim. Like, or he's like, he's extrapolating from the, the ways in which he is like act- actually a victim you know, of himself and, and, uh, and of Merle to some extent, I think. Yeah, well, I mean, it's yeah. He, he's he's projecting outwards yes. what is what is what is not only internal, right? Because he grew up in a in, a, in an awful environment. Yes. So what what you get from the movie is somewhere really early on, the external and the external pain got mixed up. And I'm 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 not struck, but like I just want to come. I want to ask one more question, but like I want to just comment for a moment that. You, Jeff, have empathy for the young version of yourself watching this mm-hmm. and like how it unfolds. Um, and is that is that not because like you can see, um, like the influences, like the the appeal of those, the appeal of like the sort of I don't know cultural mailer like that this guy like whatever it is like what, like the cultural position this guy space this guy occupies as a result of his damage is like you know like in a lesser extent reflected in a lot of kids like yourself and like yes. you know when we saw it when we were younger right yes. yeah yeah I mean which and, is and there's, why there's, I think where you get a lot of his fans like in but we've talked about that it's like as you get older and there it's the intriguing part of any I mean most of the world to me but it is like the intriguing part to. I know for me of punk and hardcore, this thing that I love that, as we've said, is just like it is also full of a lot of mental illness. It is full of a lot of uh, uh, – a lot of people are not coming to punk and hardcore, um, at least when I was a kid because that was when hardcore was real. Um, Yeah, uh, yeah, you get it. You weren't there, Matt. Uh, But (laughs) but that uh, you're not going into it because you're healthy. Like, you know, where, like, I legitimately would, like, question the people who were, like, too healthy going into, like, punk and hardcore. But, but, but so that's just to say, like, I mean, you're at a place where, like, you can both see – you're allowed, you're able to empathize, I imagine, with young Jeff because, like, you find the position he occupies completely relatable. Yes. Still. Yeah. Like I do. Yeah. Like I do too, you know, and – 
So neither that's of us don't like, think that the world is fucked. And that exactly, society is right? shit and blah, blah, Like the equivalent of here is a chorus in a hardcore song. Yeah. But here's how, like, but how we process a it. A nuanced how, version. Yeah, a more nuanced version of it, right? Like that's where, like the goal in, you know, for like if, if you come with a certain disposition towards, towards, towards the world, you know. Um, is to better understand why you have that disposition, and to better under and to better articulate that disposition. Yes. Right. And, I, um, dear listener, um, Pete and Jeff are both nodding at this. So what I want to say at that point is, that's all Todd Phillips is doing. Like Todd Phillips. So Todd Phillips isn't actually occupying that position. He's he's commenting on like this world. I mean, whether or not he is actually you know not just someone who documents. Um, this disposition in, in young, you know, alienated men, to the degree to which he occupies that position is kind of, you know, it's a different question. But in this is a so what I'm what I'm getting at is the relationship between this movie and the Joker. Like the last thing I like I want to talk about for a second is like he does make kind of the same point, you know, throughout the Joker as he does in that last little um, yeah. uh, overdub at the end of at the end of Hated, but. You see more social causes for Joaquin Phoenix's character than you do. You know, you see more nuance, um, more empathy potentially for the Joker than you do for um, Gigi Allen. I mean, it's all of the same shit, but it's just it's it's just more refined. You know, right? And so, the, but the last thing I'll say there, and I'll go over, is like I'm I don't need him to change, like his his narrative to change. And as um, as a director, I'm talking about Phillips, yeah. because I don't think the world has changed, and you know, arguably, he doesn't think the world has changed. The best you can hope for is a more articulate, you know, or not articulate, a, a more nuanced and sort of successful articulation of that vision of the world. And that's what, I mean. That's honestly like that's the difference between that's that's one way to see the narrative, the the trajectory from hated to Joker. It's just like he's filled in a lot of pieces. It's not so broad. If I remember enough. And again, this is classic film critic. I watched it once and got a lot of opinions. But if I remember, it is, I guess my reaction to that is uh, wanting it to be uh, filled in even more because of uh, not only when the Joker came out uh, and the age, because Mm. I do think it's like he's, he's filled in the outline. Like, he's got a drawing of his viewpoint. He's filled in that outline, but he hasn't kind of filled in enough. And some of the things he's filled in are, if I remember, we're like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of like semi-cliche either tropes of, like, 70s film, blah, blah, blah. That doesn't feed the narrative in the right way to me. But also with the uh, knowledge of if I'm watching it, I'm like, yes, we are also – we're watching this during – Trump America, where it's just like we just have to have more nuance to, for my knowledge, for my liking, as well as the acknowledgement of this is a different power level of Todd Phillips. Like this mm-hmm. is a humongous property that ended up Academy Award winning or nominated. So it's just like there's a difference between that and 18 year old making a f- student film. So it's almost like there's not enough yeah. growth and uh, acknowledgement for it to not start to feel like when I watched it, where I was like, I don't know if it got enough away from the ickiness that is hated. And I wonder if he was into 
into punk. I don't know much about Todd Phillips. Like, was this just that, like he ran into Gigi and obviously he's like a larger than life, uh, or is he like a punk guy and was interested in? Get on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, if you at him, we'll uh, end we up go. with it. Let's start. Or... <laughs> <laughs> Let's start a... I mean, I don't want to get this into a conversation, but throughout, I was like, oh yeah, fear versus Gigi is such an interesting like back and forth like fear is the uber planned version yeah. of what gg is doing and gg is just pure animal baby and isn't that our well, that's the thing my, my my thought on it was the the punk success here is is todd phillips's movie the movie is punk right um because like it it frames everything and ultimately todd phillips's movie is released and he's alive to you know and like where like it's you know, if go back to that Gacy quote, like, um, there's no there's no artist in 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 Gigi. He's the specimen for the artist, and right. and Phillips is the artist. And another, dis- I mean, you can make the same distinction between Fear and, and Gigi. It, it would work out the same way. Yeah. And Pete's got to go, so we got to hurry yep. through these ratings. Um, I don't know what the ratings are. Uh, Pete, let's... why don't you introduce introduce yeah. the concept of the rating system for us? All right. So, rating system concept is we look at each film. And each rating system is based on that film. We take different pieces that we think are themes to a larger piece in punk. What? (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. Pete's over-explanation. That doesn't make exact sense. (laughs) We take... We take are you system. trying to say that we come up with a new interesting rating system based on the movie that we it, are watching? Exactly. We take <laughs> just at a perfect. Just say it, dude. Fuck. Just say Jesus it. Christ. I mean, did you learn nothing from uh, Gigi? Just say what you need to say. I hate everyone. Uh, bite it, you scum. Come on, man. There we go. So that's our rating system. We we look at the film. It's different each time, and it's based on that film. There it's is- not a one to ten. It's not a, bu- yeah, a thumbs up, thumbs, thumbs down. Up. No. But we do have a constant, and that is Dave Grohl. And we're going to continue that in season two. Of course so we are. our ratings this week for Hated. The- <laughs> move all that, pa- move all that <laughs> paperwork around. Yeah. Make move sure that paper. <laughs> let everyone know you did some hard work over I needed my own time, just like you had the little devil sticks. Yeah, exactly. Want to have a classic, what the fuck is that audio moment? So our ratings for this week are, is this movie as punk as Unk's lack of self-awareness? Mm-hmm. Is this movie as punk as Gigi's lack of self-awareness? Mm-hmm. Is this movie as punk as Merle's surprisingly, possibly, <laughs> self-awareness? Mm. Or is it as punk as Dave Grohl? Mm. Got some good ones there. Yeah, got some good ones. Got some hard choices to make. You want to go, Jeff? I, no, I think I got it. I mean, there was a moment. I wanted to go girl because it was so classic. But there's no... I, you can't go girl because there's actually not as many tropes in this. He ain't showing up. There's not as many talking heads as Pete noted, actually. Um, uh, I think... It has to be, for me, uh, Merle's surprising possible self-awareness. It's a movie that is driven on mental health issues 
and is driven on uh, Gigi's mental health issues, the viewer's mental health issues, um, Punk as a whole's mental health issues, his fans. Um, but as you know, Matt said, and I think he's, to me he's kind of making the case, this is a Todd Phillips movie. This is, and, and that is the part that does weirdly stand out maybe even the most, that it is um, we are getting the vision of him or the idea uh, of the world actually through his lens versus just, I don't know, the, the overpoweringness that could be Gigi to some extent. Um, uh, and uh, it's a little bit of a puppet master scenario, as any documentary kind of is. Um, there is a manipulation to whatever extent. That's, again, as the, the uh, viewers, we don't ever know completely. Um, but, uh, yeah, much like Merle, uh, there's an investment in this self-destruction that is leading to a larger message, whatever it is. Um, and, and, and someone who is confused in what they are in the world is being used to that extent. So, uh, yeah, this is a Merle. Um, That's a good and one. just for his mustache, of course. I mean, it's just a, it, it's he's aware that it. He know Very he knows what he's mustache. doing with that mustache. He's just like the guy in Sparks. He's well aware. What is he doing with that mustache? Oh boy, uh, making you wonder what he's doing with that mustache. You yeah. fucking square. Look at you with your mortgage and your children. Oh my god, he's shaving it off again. He's back to having a merle stash. Uh, yeah, that's mine. Pete shaved twice. Yeah. <laughs> it grew back that fast. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> you yeah, go, yeah, Peter, sure. you go. Um, oh, this one's tough. I was gonna go Merle because I had similar feelings, Jeff. Ultimately, as I think about it, I think I'm going Unk. Ooh. Because I think Unk is just a... He's like a question mark for me. He's, Unk and the Unk question, is a question mark. He, uh, <laughs> Unk and the question marks. Tutu and the pirates. Unk and the question marks will play second. Uh, I just... I think he lacks self-awareness, but he also... It's like he's really into the, the, the show of Gigi but also doesn't necessarily want to be fully a part of it. He would be, you know, probably president of the fan club of the cult. You know, he's going to see John Wayne Gacy just a few days or weeks after Gigi Allen did it. He's throwing birthday really parties. Really bury that lead, Unk. <laughs> and, uh, but at the same time, to I think it was to Jeff's point, you know, like he calls out the that woman, says her name, and is like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Mm. Um so he is not self-aware, but there is this little glimmering of it. And I think that this movie, for me, is a lot of that. It, it's There's this whole show of Gigi, and there's people who get it, who are all along for the ride, who see that it's preposterous, but are not stepping away from that car crash. Much to like all the people who are at the shows. It's like they're, someone's throwing crap at them, and some are leaving, some are just staying. Um, same with that Boston... Uh, spoken word he he beats that girl up people come to rescue her and then they all go back to the crowd they don't leave they're all just like hey let me get my hat but i'm gonna come and listen to the rest it's like what is happening uh and that's how i felt a bit about this movie that's good what is happening the pete zetley catchphrase what is happening (laughs) (laughs) so i like i like both of those i think you know i agree with the 
this sort of like um, almost self-awareness, but people get caught up in their in their like whatever their own relationship to the thing, where like they lose the self-awareness. Like I I, I think that's central, and I also like Jeff's. Um, like idea of like there is there is some a little bit of distance created here. I would say I'm going to go with both of those, but I'm going to take it in a little slightly different direction because sure, I am going to say sure. the the that kind of intrigue and that kind of stuckness of these people in their little dynamic that's in the movie. The movie pulls all of that together, like this almost self awareness and this kind of like self destructive cycle, you know, that almost reaches it but keeps coming out of it. But the movie is really doing a good job at capturing all of that. So I'm going to give it, because the movie's capturing it and the movie's showing us the self-destructive dynamic, it is showing us what punk is so often for so many people. It is, in a certain way, a great punk documentary in that way. Yeah. And because it is it's, a great punk this documentary... This is longer-winded oh, wow. than I was. Wow. Because it is a great punk documentary, because this thing captures the ethos, the way of being, it reflects on it in a way, because it is a survivor... Because it is a survivor. This movie is a Dave Grohl. Wow. There goes my hero. Over there. I can just hear the drums. Yeah. Wowzers. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Okay, so on that note, um, what do we... It is Jeff's... It's Jeff's turn. (laughs) For our next episode, what am I picking? Ooh, baby, I get to pick it. So what I want to uh, have us watch. Well, you know, we watched with this one, uh, one of the greats, uh, when people make the list of like, here are some of the greats of punk docs. And also, if you, if you watch or listen to the first season, you might have noticed, like, hmm, it seems like they didn't hit a lot of the classics. Um, uh, mm. We branched out. We tried some things here or there. Um, hey. But because, you know, w- we went to someone who's kind of an icon in punk, to a certain punk, I wanted for us to explore one of the icons uh, uh, to, oh, to, the, to a lot of the laymen and women, the lay people, uh, when you're like, do you know about punk? Uh, if you really, really don't know about punk, you'd be like, yeah, I know who the Sex Pistols are. Mm. Because for next week, we gotta do the Filth and the Fury. So, next week, Filth and the Fury. But for that, I'm gonna say, I'm Jeff Garlock, up the punks. I'm Pete Zetlin, live fast, die. Ooh, I always should think of a good one, and I never get one. This is why it's fun to have you go last. I do the boring one that I say every time, and then Matt says...